what kind of what, what song intro is that? Are you ready? Let's get it. Right. <laughs> so we are now in this room in DNAD. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our second time recording. We were at Sisters and M before. Shout out to them. Great, lovely space, workspace, but not great for recording. People having conversations, friend conversations, <laughs> pausing, making our conversation, making our conversation a bit broken, just not beautiful. And now we are in a room that you, Olivia, your work is displayed. Look at how things work out. <laughs> it's like, it's, honestly, do you not feel like a lot of things we do as, just as if like it was meant to be? I know, yes. right? So, Olivia, welcome to Podjucate, the Thank podcast you. platform for aspiring or beginning talent in advertising. Um, our motto is knowledge is confidence. So by joining us each episode, um, our listeners can take away a little bit extra that helps them walk into their creative and professional situations with their head held high. Um, before I let you introduce yourself properly, I'm just going to do some clearing up some information. So first and foremost, um, how often the podcast comes out? If you didn't know, these um, episodes come out monthly. So every three to four weeks um, is what we aim for. Sorry, it can't be more often or we can't be very specific. It's very hard to get people to stop and step away from their busy work life. Um, moving on, follow us on Instagram at Podjucate. Um, interact with us. Let me know if you listen. Feel free to DM me um, or us. Um, and let me know what you like about the pod. If anything, if you have any feedback, um, if you have feedback about, wait a second, sorry, sorry. I've just noticed where this picture's from. Have you been looking at it? What, this red one? Yeah, so yeah. Olivia and I are looking at a picture on the wall. I'm trying to do this intro, and I've been looking at this um, image. It's an image of a person in a red outfit, white shoes, and it's sort of got fabric on it. And I think it's from Jenny Curie's, it's from Jenny Curie's Rebirth is Necessary. So I'm looking at this image thinking, where is this from? I've seen it before. I don't know if it's just because I've been in this room before. It's, it's from Rebirth, isn't it? I think it's from Rebirth. We'll have to check the facts. No, but this it, doesn't look like it's... I think it's from the part when they're in Brixton dancing, no? Yeah, but mm, it doesn't look like Brixton, though. Oh, double check. Maybe, possibly. Because I, I was looking at it because I was like, who f- did this? Who photographed it? Mm, I would not be surprised if it were. But we'll have, to, we'll have to double check that. I'll take a picture and put it on the, on the ground. So people know what we're talking about. So it's not just a random pause for no reason. Right, yeah. taking a picture, done, okay, done. So <laughs> back to the point I was making. Um, I think I was just speaking about how, how often this comes out also. Yeah, follow us on the gram, let me know the rest of it. Um, we are trying to improve what we are at the beginning, but we are onto big things. So, you know, stay with us. So now on to you and I, Olivia. Yes. So this conversation is a different one because instead of you being an industry professional, as much as both you and I are professionals, I see you more as my creative peer, so a young professional. So this is going to be a different conversation. It's not so much me sort of trying to find out the, uh, someone's career span. It's more me trying to talk to you out and relate to you and speak about us. Um, basically, the whole gist of this conversation is that I think we're shedding light on something that needs to exposure and discussion. It's about um, being different and advertising. Um, advertising is seeking a lot of diversity, but I think with that comes this sort of need for recognition that people come people come from different backgrounds might face a thing called dysphoria. So that means when you're faced with different environments, you can be put, um, you can be made uneasy by sort of being different and being left out. You know, lose your confidence, lose your identity, that kind of thing. So just speaking about being young, being different, and entering Adland, quotation marks. Um, are you, are you, do you feel like you're ready? Do you feel like you feel better being in this room? Yeah. Good, good, good. 
so I've already done this, so you know the answer, so I won't do it. Mm-hmm. But on my notes, I had riddle me this, and then the riddle was, what's in this room? But it's also the rarest thing in advertising, and the answer was... Us. Us. Mm-hmm. Two young, black, female, female creatives. So the rare in there is, first of all, female, then black, and then young. And I think whenever I meet people in advertising that are young, and... Or, no, not young. When I meet black people in advertising, usually I've always seen them be in strategy. I've seen them be in production, post-production. Um, I've seen young creatives who do um, social media stuff, fashion, stylists. But just specifically being advertising, which is very niche, and being a creative, an art director or copywriter, very rare. Nor have I seen any black female creative teams yet to see that. So now, Liv, I'll let you take it away. Introduce yourself. Um, hi, my name's Olivia. Um, I am a creative in advertising and intern, um, but mainly I'm a freelance photographer. Whoop whoop. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm gonna speak a little bit about how I came, sort of came across your profile, um, or how I connected with you rather. I guess I'm giving away the story there but how I connected with you and how I saw my perspective with you and why this came to fruition, sort of like you and I connecting and stuff. So I'm on LinkedIn. I come across you as a suggestion. I go on your page. It says that you've done placements at two ad agencies. Already very rare. When I first started in advertising, it was so rare for me to know where young people from inside London were, were hanging out, let alone, you know, I was trying to build like a friendship base. I think I've built up a friendship base of young creatives but specifically in advertising, young black female, didn't know any other. Mm. So I saw you, I saw your experience, I thought, I need to have a conversation with her. So that's basically the general gist of how I um, reached out to you. And then we met up and we found that we had a lot in common and we had a sort of this conversation about sort of these stages where we go through, went through and we had doubts at some point about our work. And then sometimes we like, were sort of losing we sort of forgot why we got into this, what we love, all those different things. Mm. So um, do you want to speak about sort of your background, um, how you explained it to me, so starting from uni? Yeah, um, yeah it's something when I add that yeah. I didn't get to add from our previous conversation. Yeah. Um, when I was in like secondary school, college, I was very interested in marketing and advertising. Okay. And I always said that I want to be a marketing manager. For wow. some reason, I didn't stick at that. Um, I went more down the business route. So um, I got to uni and I'd been studying at college business and I'd also done media, but I decided for some weird reason to go down the business route, which is completely opposite to who I am as a person, which is creative, spontaneous, just likes just making stuff. Mm. Um, I didn't want to go to uni. Like it was a very big discussion in my house. Which is very popular. Yeah. I mean, I was... It was, I was in a climate where um, there was no, there seemed to be no benefits of going to uni. Like it, the cost was high. Mm. Um, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. And mm. I thought, you know what, if it's gonna be so pricey, I need to know exactly what I wanted to do. But my mum was raised in a time where going to uni was what was gonna get you a job. Like mm. you go to uni, mm. then you get a job, as opposed to experience, you could do an apprenticeship and stuff like that. Yeah. So I went to uni, you know, full of no passion. Um, because of my mum. Already started off on bad foot. Bad note already. Um, I dropped out of my first university in Coventry after a year. Um, just it wasn't the right scene for me. I was missing home. I was missing London. 
Um, so I went to university in Greenwich um, for another three years. Was it three years? I don't know. know. Do the maths. I knew quite a few people that went to uni first year and dropped out and then started again. Yeah. Quite a few people, and some people I know. I know another friend of mine, very close friend of mine, who dropped out twice too. Because you start again, thinking, "No, right, it's not the wrong place," and then you go again, and you realise. Yeah. But I'll let you carry on. Yeah, I mean, I I went to uni for the first year, and I not only did I not like the course, but I mean, it was just so far from home for me, and I thought that was the problem. Maybe I need to, I need a better focus. So that's the kind of mentality mm. I went in with the second uni, and it wasn't it wasn't any of those things. It was generally the passion was just not there. So in the final year, I admitted to myself, or rather um, after many conversations with my boyfriend, I was convinced to drop out and I gained enough courage to tell my mum after I dropped out (laughs) that it wasn't for me. And because I wasn't like, I was in a place where I was like, I do not want to be convinced to stay. Like I've been around enough, you know, people have said, no, just stick it out. It was not for me. Um, So I told my mum after I dropped out and I think she really saw the passion in me that I was going to make photography work. Like Mm. I explained to her like my life. I was like, mum, like I've never been passionate. Like I've always been, there's, there's always like a thing that teachers say like, oh yeah, she's got potential. And I was tired of hearing that, like... Potential in academics. Potent- uh, yeah, subjects. like, oh yeah, all she's got to do is focus and stuff like that. And it's yeah. like, I was tired of, like, I found my passion, which is photography. And I've never been so passionate about anything where it's like, do you know what? This is what I love and I'm going to make it work. Yeah. Um, and she saw that. Everything you got. Yeah, yeah, like, and she really supported me, which I'm very extremely grateful for. Um, which I, and I also know is rare as well for um, African parents because it's like generally there is a confusion about what the creative industry is, but we'll whether it brings that. money or the rest of it, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after that, so now you've dropped out of uni, yeah. It, what year is it? Um, so my final year, and it was two years ago. Please don't ask for me. So it was 2016. <laughs> Can't keep up. Was it summer? Um, was it like May? Okay, so sometime. No, so it was like literally December. Oh, end of 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's end of 2016. 2017 comes around, what happens? Yeah, um, simultaneously I was, um, so I didn't just drop out, um, like I, photography was very much in my life. So I was working at Car Phone Warehouse, um, Curry's, and shout out to them. <laughs> shout out to them. Side <laughs> they gave me discount as well, so exactly. I'm gonna get into that. Exactly. <laughs> um, I was very unhappy there whilst I was studying at, studying at uni, and I was no like, do you know what? <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, I need a hobby. And um, so I was just backtracking. I was like, wow, like I did um, photography at secondary school. Like that was my way of navigating through social circles because I was extremely awkward. Um, so I was literally called camera woman <laughs> in secondary school because so I always had my camera. Would you people like, hey guys, can I take a picture of me? No, like literally I would get called over or just literally just take pictures. Nobody seemed to mind. Like they were my friends anyway. So like me taking pictures was just like, yeah, it Olivia's was just doing her talk, thing. It was a thing to do in the group. Yeah, that was my thing. Like I had my little digital camera and I just had it out. And um, the only reason I stopped doing that in secondary school is because my teacher was like, no, you're not allowed. But which confused me because I knew it wasn't allowed phones, but I thought I was kind of like, I got in a new loophole by bringing yeah, in yeah. a camera. Yeah, um, the camera is totally different. I yeah, yeah, I wish they encouraged it a little exactly. bit more, but that's for another Haters. discussion. <laughs> no shout outs for you. <laughs> but, uh, shout out, Notre Dame, we love you. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so I was backtracking. I was like, no, I actually really loved photography. Like that was my way of connecting with people. Um, I actually love landscape photography. So let me just, 
you know, pick that up. And it wasn't a thing where I saw a career out of it, it was just literally for fun. Um, but as I was learning more about it, like about lighting and about, you know, how to shoot, I realized I was spending more time learning photography than I was doing my actual coursework and revising and stuff like that. Um, so I dropped out with that in my mind. Um, I dropped out with, do you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna make photography work. So yeah, fast forward again. Um, yeah, so whilst I was like studying, I say studying, but as you all hear, it's a bit weird. Um, as I was like reading through Vogue magazine, which I often called studying to my sister, um, like I noticed that there was no black women um, or women of color other than like no black women or women of color looking elegant and just walking and just like in the editorials just being normal and beautiful it was being always vulnerable yeah like, it was so always like sweet. super fierce and you know intimidating and leaping like leaping over something leaping <laughs> over something and just really dark and i just wanted to kind of change that narrative so my first project i chose to be was um the woman is the woman is the flower and I made sure I sought out um, a model who was dark skin with extra kinky hair, big afro, and she had to wear a long, elegant dress because I noticed that that wasn't seen in Vogue magazine, which I thought was the best. And I thought, okay, if it's the best, and you need a photographer that's gonna show, you know, black women in all different kinds of ways, not just one. Um, so I thought that was my purpose as a photographer to capture black women looking amazing. Um, yeah, so I continued down that um, that lane. So in the timeline, in fact, in, in an attempt to sort of put this into a timeline. Yeah. And then after uni, we, what do we what are we doing? Um, so something to do with the room we're in uh, now. So um, <laughs> yeah, so I did for street photography for a while. Um, then I I did that project. Um, then further down the line, um, my boyfriend told me about. So yeah, I was applying for jobs as like a photography assistant, um, mm. studio help or whatever and wasn't yeah. getting any responses there. Um, but my boyfriend sent me um, this tweet um, about DNAD looking for um, new blood shifters um, or people who had dropped out of uni or didn't go to uni who are just creatives in every sense of the word. Um, and by then I just applied for so much stuff that I just saw it as another thing. It looked really interesting to me, but I just saw no hope in it. So I just thought, you know what, let me apply anyway. Um, and I'm going to be so raw in this application form. I'm going to say, do you know what, I dropped out, but I'm passionate about this. I'm going to be yeah. the best I could be. And, you know, like, mm. and I submitted work that was like a draft. <laughs> like, it's I, very sought after. It's very, it's very Secondly, crazy. I don't know if we've actually mentioned this in the beginning. Like, I don't know how much we're rambling on, but I'm just going to say, <laughs> basically, we are at DNAD. Thank you to them for giving us a room to um, record. Um, I think we said that. But the point being that in this room are two images of Olivia's work. And actually, <laughs> the image right behind us, I can literally touch it if I reach out, is the picture, is actually the work that you submitted to get yeah. onto the DNAD New Blood Shift. Yeah. So obviously, they loved it that much. They displayed it in one of their workspaces. And then there's another smaller image. Um, they both. I'm not sure what this project is for. They hung these images like. In the um, New Blood Shift day, this was hung on a huge, um, yeah, I don't know, magic, yeah, do you see the, mean. Um, the things word. upstairs, yeah, and the, this one behind us, it was like put on the Adobe stage in the yeah. New Blood Shift festival, um, and this um, piece that is right behind me, um, it's basically, I was like trying to experiment with making magazine covers, mm -hmm. and normally I don't submit experiments, yeah, like, 
Normally I don't experiment with, um, I don't submit experiments, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to be so candid in this application form. I'm just going to submit all of my experiments, um, submit what I'm about, which is essentially like um, empowering black women through photography and highlighting the need for black women in, you know, media and Vogue magazine and magazines in general and just in public <laughs> places kind of thing. Um, and I did it and they accepted me, which was a major big deal because I thought, you know what, if they're going to accept me from being raw, that's just, that means more than anything to me. Um, so yeah, um, from there, like, okay, wait, I don't know how long, how, how much should I say? How much should I run? No, that's fine. So we're going on to Iris now. No, no, no. no? Um, they took me on Widen Kennedy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, from then on, um, in the you know, new blood shift um, day. So by then I hadn't even known if they were gonna accept me or not, but I bumped into this lady, shout out Preeti, um, who was like, you know, would you like to come over to the offices on Wiseman Kennedy? Um, we're gonna be, um, we're looking for people who wanna do an internship and stuff like that. By then I didn't know Wyden, who Wyden Kennedy was. Um, but I came in, um, applied, did the application process, and they took me on. So, so that's the first um, advertising agency you had? Yeah, right? so, okay, yeah, that's the first experience. I had four months there um, just trying out different things. Um, we did stuff from video making to graphic design to spatial design and everything in between. Um, and then a month later, I ended up at Iris International, like amazing place. Um, and so, I did art direction there. So sorry. Um, just quick points from th all three of those experiences. So mm -hmm. DNAD, New Blood Jeff, which is almost like a, I would say from what I can see, it's a bit like a training program, like quite a fast paced, mm -hmm. um, brief answering training program. Your, um, is it, would you say it's internship at Wyden Kennedy? And yes. then Iris. Mm -hmm. One thing from each place that sort of characterise what they taught you, how they taught you, and what you took away from it. Um, just one thing about each of them. So at DNAD, what was kind of work you're kind of doing? What did you take away from it? DNAD showed us that being ourselves, which is essentially um, people from diverse um, ethnic backgrounds, you know, inner city, we were enough. And Okay, I know I'm going to ramble on a bit, but... I that was to, actually um, such an already beautiful sentence that we, we were are enough. enough. Like, because I initially... Retweet. <laughs> again, it's like me even doing photography. It's like I wanted to be like Mario Testino, which is no offence. He was an old... He is an old white man. And I thought that I had to kind of get to, like... I had to do photographs like him. Um, I discovered later on that my... What I see as beautiful is beautiful kind of thing it's not you know the standard it's it's my standard mm. kind of thing if that makes sense yeah so obviously you're saying you know you can take away you can be inspired by his creative style but it's all in terms yeah, of subjects you can inspire, yeah and you dna can express how you need to express yeah it, exactly dna showed us that you know all this work in this room like is our unique perspectives you know um what we think is cool what we think is fashionable what we think is you know touching and yeah. they showed us that you know like bring that bring that energy into the creative industry yeah. they need that kind of thing they need the change mm. um widen and kennedy showed me i remember you telling me that there was a lot of sort of really quick briefs there yeah and sort of not like yeah answering advertising briefs it was more about 
different styles of creativity. So yeah. I wonder how that went, yeah. Um, DNAD, I mean, sorry, Wyden and Kennedy, um, it showed, it taught me <laughs> the hard way um, not to hang on so much to an idea. Mm. You're going to have many, many, many ideas like mm. over the course of your lifetimes. Like, mm. you know, don't hang on and treat your idea like your baby. Like there's an mm. expression that I heard, which is kill your babies. <laughs> which is sound it, it sounds really I morbid. Else, no, okay. it sounds extremely what well, when I heard it, it sounded morbid. Anyway. Baby, <laughs> yeah, right? but it's like it literally is a thing where it's like don't be afraid to share your idea and don't be afraid to also hear that you know your idea, you know it, it, it may it doesn't work, you know you may need to work on it kind of thing. Don't take too much offense to it basically. Um be ready to kill your baby. Yeah, because yeah. like the briefs that we worked on in Widen and Kennedy, they were like week long. So we'd get a, a brief on Monday and we had to present on Friday. So we didn't have time to linger on yeah. ideas. We literally just had an idea. We'd talk about it once, you know, in a quick meeting with, you know, the creative directors there. And we had to quickly develop it. Like there's no time to kind of faff around. Um, so yeah, that's one valuable lesson that I learned from Widen. Um, and Iris, it taught me so much process like i was very fortunate to work with the amazing ross taylor um who's an art director there um literally sat right next to him and he went through process with me which is insight idea execution like and that is literally the formula for substance to me like what is how are you selling this idea how like how do you summarize your idea in a sentence like if you're not able to summarize your idea in a sentence and maybe you need to kind of work on it kind of thing so that was to me it's like having an idea but also like you know making it tight and presentable and packaging it nicely yeah. so yeah yeah you have to teach me that lovely Lovely, lovely, lovely. Okay, so now we're gonna, I guess, have a bit of a conversation about um, sort of the whole thing that I discussed, I, I mentioned earlier about being different and coming into advertising. So mm -hmm. going off the back of some conversations we've already had, um, I'm gonna discuss my first time that I sort of felt um, a bit of dysphoria, or you know, like the first time I sort of felt like I doubted myself or what um, have you not. So I think the first time. I felt out of place was my foundation course at uni. Mm -hmm. So I um I thought I didn't do that. I've told this story many a time, but I thought I was gonna take um specialise in art because I was good at drawing, but I knew I wanted to make work that um wasn't expressive but was more communicative. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know how to say that at the time, but I could feel it. Um art did not work out for me. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I was thrown off. I was thrown off because I was in this space where I was not the most sure of myself. I was not the most, like, good at my, um... I was not, like, the best person in the sort of department. You know, I wasn't, like, walking around with so much confidence. And I think it sort of began this period of time where I was in a constant state of unease. Mm. So it starts off at uni, you know, I, try, I find my feet at certain points. I do really well on my final project. Like, I finally know what I'm doing and stuff. And at times I feel like I'm onto things, but... I think through different stages, a year later, I did um, work experience um, in an ad agency. And I was okay at that time. I don't think I was very aware of how different I was, but then I think before that time, I, I can't remember. I think before that time, I felt a bit like nervous about, I felt really nervous about presenting my ideas, which I had never done felt before. Um, at different points, you know, but then I think when I massively started feeling the, the sort of, this, this feeling of, 
I'm different, I sound so stupid, I don't know what I'm doing, oh my gosh, just not being myself anymore and not being sort of productive. Started from just after that experience. So between that experience and the year before, and the year between that, so I started at Pitch, I just felt like I was so out of place. I felt like, but okay, so I didn't feel out of place. I felt like I was so naive. I didn't feel okay being knowing what I was doing. Do you know? I felt like there was nobody really like me. I felt like people were seeing through me. People knew that I wasn't, I didn't belong. Yeah. And I just feel like there was really no support for anyone I could speak to like me. There was no sort of like representation. Yeah. There was no sort of knowing how to be myself in these new situations. There was no easing me into it. Or not, not that you need to be easy into things, do you know what I mean? But there was no sort of, there was nowhere to turn. And I think the thing about asking for more diversity is catering for diversity. Yeah. It's actually catering. So it, it's literally like there's a box of, and this is a standard. There's a standard. But then now you're in this space and this is not your space, do you know? You're yeah. the odd one out. So I think, um, so many things can make you feel out of place. Do you yeah. feel like you remember the first time that you sort of felt out of place? Yeah. Or like any times that you think you felt like... I remember we were speaking about being what people expect of you as um, a black female creative coming into advertising and then thinking that you're... They want this sort of down, hip, young black girl. They want a particular <laughs> kind of girl. Yeah. You'll be like, no, I'm just a person. Sorry. Stop looking at me to answer for my entire race. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um... I mean, I I did feel a lot of pressure. I mean, I was already feeling pressure because I was like, oh, wow, how did I end up here? Like, yeah. um, I only just started photography and you guys actually like it. Oh, wow. Like, I already had that mm, and yeah. I hadn't really solved that within myself. So when I was in these environments, suddenly, like, the best advertising, one of the best advertising agencies in the world mm. and, you know, and... I just so happened to notice that I am the only black female creative mm. there, and not even a creative in return. Um, it, you do kind of feel alone, and I didn't really pinpoint it until like mid, you know, mid interning kind of things. Like there was a lot of things that I wanted to talk about, um, about how I felt, about how stressed I felt um, working. Um, with two giant places at the same time being DNAD and yeah. you know widen Kennedy and you know how under pressure I felt and I just I just wasn't able to speak about that I just mm -hmm. felt like there was this pressure to to perform and when I wasn't I just felt the expectation of me being the only one kind of thing and it's like who do you talk to about that who's gonna really understand it when you do talk about that and it's like another thing as well um, which didn't work in my favour is that I was, I kept it to myself, like, because, yeah, I don't know. Did you feel a hindrance, because I feel like I did, did you feel a hindrance of um, sort of the idea of not really, because, okay, so people in the industry, a lot of times that you sort of come into contact with, they already mm. know about the industry. Yeah. So a lot of people that are surrounded around, like, you find first and foremost, you don't find many people that from inner city London. Mm -hmm. You don't. You find these people that sort of have had advertising as an option from early on. Now you've mentioned that you thought about marketing, advertising, but I'm sure that you were thinking about it in a different way. Yeah. Because the way that it does actually exist is not exposed for me to our sort of community. Mm. You have these people that come from all outside of London and they know about it. Do you mean like their dad has been in it or someone has been in it? They know someone nepotism, all that's going on. Even if they haven't got any family in the industry, they still have just have the exposure. Yeah. And did you feel that hindrance of? The fact that 
I think there's a big deal that when we, well, when, I don't know about you, but when I go home and I speak to my friends, mm-hmm. my friends don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. My friends, we're from South East London. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's going on. They don't actually understand clearly mm-hmm. what advertising is. And they wouldn't know unless, like, being like me, they've yeah. been exposed to it. Like, because they had to come in and seen it for themselves. I've been quite a few, like, I've been doing it by a vocational settings, but they haven't mm-hmm. been in those settings. Bigger than that, speaking to your family. I Your family do not understand. I, mean, yeah. I think we've had, we went for breakfast this morning, which was so good. Oh my gosh, that was a great start to our day. But um, <laughs> that was like speaking over that was speaking about parents and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think we realised our our mothers are very similar in personality. Weirdly enough, you asked me she's a Virgo, which was just the most weirdest thing I've been asked. Because <laughs> she <laughs> was. She's a Virgo too, but I'm just like never heard that question. But um, but we were speaking about how similar they are and sort of like their personalities and being that it's so hard to, hard to speak about some of these things or get mm-hmm. them interested about what you do because it's so far removed from what they know. Do you want me to tell you what, like, on. there was a time where I was, like, having a breakdown in front of my mom. Like, I just finished work, Widen and Kennedy, and I was just, like, breaking down. I, was, I also had, like, a little bit to drink in the agency meeting, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. But that was the perfect time to be vulnerable. And I just told my mom, like, the pressure I was feeling. And she was like, why? Like she was just she yeah, she yeah. Is, she didn't get it. She, like, calm down, because, calm down. It's not, my yeah. mom told me to calm down. But like, I get it. People say it's not sort of that nurturing. Calm down. It's like all right, calm no, down. No, she didn't get. And she literally on. like it was the worst conversation ever. It just made me realize. Do you know what? There's no point. There's like because no, yeah. like when when because I put it like yeah like I'm in the biggest advertising agency in the world and this that and that. I feel so much pressure and it's like she saw it as you know, which I understand, like, now, but at the time, I didn't really need that. She saw it as, like, do you know what, like, make make it into something kind of thing, like, and I wasn't... It was what I was very sort of, like, a bit... It's sort of, like, it's, it comes from a good place, but it's... No, it, it did come from a good place, 100%. off to the left, isn't it? It's, like, it doesn't relate to what you're talking about. Yeah, all. it's, like, like you don't I just wanted to talk about, like, how I felt being an, the only one. Mm. Like, I wanted to talk about the pressures I felt. Like, I just wanted to... Because it's something that I was holding in for mm. so long because I didn't get to express that. But it's just me realising, like, I often do hear that, you know, parents don't often, especially when they come from an Af- predominantly African back- background, it's like they don't understand the creative industry. Mm. It's, it's something that, you know, it's a lot Does of, it make money? Yeah. yeah. Are you going to be okay? Um, I had a conversation with my uncle and friend the other day, and he said to me, oh, so um, when are you going back to uni? I'm, 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 I'm not going back to uni. He's like, so how are you going to make money? Bear in mind, it's probably like, we have this conversation every three months. Like, not the going back to uni part, but the like, how are you going to make money? And I tell him, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'll be all right. Like, don't worry about me. He's like, well, okay, but you know, you don't make money if you don't have a degree in front of it. I'm like, okay, because that's how they understand it. So I think yeah. that's background and that can be hard. Um, do you, can you remember a time where you sort of felt sort of crippled by um, sort of this feeling of dysphoria where you didn't feel like you could share your work or it was hindering your work? So I sort of did find a bit of a negative cycle where um, I was so out of place. I felt like everything I put out was, was rubbish, like just, not, I thought that people could see through me and they were laughing at me and they thought it was just so horrible because I just, but I suddenly was a bit like, I need, I didn't feel, I was very aware that I was, I didn't meet the usual, do you mean, polished, I, my work wasn't going to be polished, other people I hadn't been to add school, I hadn't been exposed, I felt yeah. very disadvantaged, little things like I had a blog space at a time mm-hmm. and putting out and 
promoting myself, I felt like there's no point because people are going to laugh because even when I see other young females that are sort of going out there and doing different types of creative careers, they are doing so well and I am failing in comparison. I think there's a big pressure also amongst us uh, in our community to sort of like be successful, whatever that means. Yeah. So it's, if I think sometimes the comparison I, I think is that is that if you are of a different background and you go into advertising, you can do it for the love of it. You can have sort of space to sort of find yourself, that kind of thing. But I think we have that we all, that constant battle of trying to do it for the love, find yourself, but also thinking about being successful. Yeah. You want to make sure, like, you're not just sort of in it to sort of, like, people think about being successful on the, with their awards. You're about thinking about being successful in terms of getting to a good position, knowing that people understand what you do within your family, knowing yeah. that you can tell your family what's going on and be proud, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I feel like some one thing I have noticed is that creatives generally do, they're their worst and harshest critics. Mm. So you always do feel that doubt your work. But I feel like as a black woman, it's like, I I feel that <laughs> it's, not, it's not just that. It's also um, the politics of trying to appease the people around me and make sure that they see that I, I do deserve to be here. It's the politics of that. It's also, I feel like, oh, I don't often get chances like this. So mm. there's that added pressure and there's that pressure of, oh, okay, I'm the only one. Um, why is it, why am I the only one? That, that that must mean that I have to kind of rebel against the stereotypes. Um, so there's so oh, many- Can we talk about stereotypes? Oh, I'm God. sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you would, in the, but can we just talk about stereotypes a second? But it's, it's from every single side. Being, stereotypes come from all different sides. I'm talking, you meet people from other young um, people from ethnic backgrounds and you tell them what you do. Okay. You're different, that kind of stereotype. Do you not? Do you feel like you don't get that? Of like people thinking that you must be like amongst something. You're not, you're not that black, you know. And then you go to spaces where you're the only black person, and people think, oh, oh my god, the ghetto, oh, the ghetto. Mm. Um, I think from both sides, people just think about people just expect. I think people always expect things of you or. You do something and people say you're quite i'm quite surprised that you're like this because i thought you'd be like this well why don't you just speak to me first or people will speak to you and they and they're hoping that you are going to be like you were speaking of a particular type of black girl like i no- think st- a stereotype to say we use a black woman because it just means that you're not able to just be yourself and not have people assume or judge you like it's just, it's little things. It's not even major things, like the major stereotypes that I, I experienced or people like expected of me or said to me or anything like that. But it's it's the small things that you pick up on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you would say the microaggressions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there was negatives um, being in the creative industry as a young black female, but there also was... Um, Negatives? Do you think they're negatives, or do you mean they're no, sort of no, like hardships? Negatives. Um, you want to stick with negatives? No, no negatives. Yeah, the works in progress, the things that okay, need yeah. to be improved upon. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I still learn a lot. Like I learn resilience from that, and it just unfortunately is the way it is, and it needs to improve. It needs to change. Um, mm. but I've had to grow a thick skin because of it, because I, I unfortunately am 
one of a few mm. and it means that I need to st- I don't want to fall mm. off and, and not be in advertising industry because they haven't catered that environment mm. for young black you know individuals females I and stuff like that I need to is. stay there Okay, how, that do, how, do I, how do I explain this? I, don't, I just don't want to say they cater to young black people, personally. I want to say cater so it doesn't make us feel so out of place. So don't say we want you, want you. When we come in, everyone's like, oh, who's that girl? Who's the new girl? Yeah, like, oh, hi. So where are you from? Mm. Oh, and then, like, probing you, making you feel like you are now, making it feel a bit like market research. I feel a little bit, I do feel often market researched. I don't mind a conversation and people taking genuine interest, but I think just be aware of that is what I'd say from my side. Um, I'm going to ask you now, sort of at this stage, after doing two internships, now you're in the space where you are sort of focusing on your photography side because yeah. you are a photographer as much as you're creative, so you exist as a photographer and creative. Yeah. Um, it's interesting how you separate it. It's like, as much as I separate, so, hearing you separate it, it made true? me feel like... No, I don't think so. I wasn't saying it's separate. I was saying very much it's, it's, it's a cohesive... I want to say, I want to make it a thing of you are equally... Do you know I mean? Because I know how much photography is very sort of like important to you. Yeah. And you don't want it to be like, you don't... You have to choose. Yeah, that's how I felt for a long yeah, time. Yeah, you don't have to choose. Side. So I want, I want to... I sort of like, when I'm working with you, I want to embrace the fact that you are a photographer mm-hmm. creative. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, but a photographer creative, someone might think that you're like, you only do... I don't know, like, every single piece of work you do has to have photography in it, but it's not necessarily that. It's like the fact that the skill of photography is very important yeah, in yeah, your yeah. work okay. process. So I just wanted to sort of highlight that. Mm-hmm. But on a scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. um, I'd say at a time, I was sort of at a complete seven in my sort of like feeling dysphoria and I'd say that time was probably at the beginning of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say um, I worked at Pitch from mid-set 2017 um, till present and I'm completely out of the window, busted. I've like been in enough situations to sort of do my, to sort of see the scope of advertising, sort of do my bit of like observing the space, the rest of it and like made enough mistakes, done enough embarrass- embarrassing things and realised and become comfortable with not be with not being with just being me and be going back to that sort of position of creating for me and not being in a negative state of being crippled by um fear so I'm not going to create anything and just you know just getting back to my normal confidence. I actually did write a little bit about that in my lecture in progress article. Slight plug. Um <laughs> it's on there. In the journal. Shameless plug. Yeah, exactly. Lectureinprogress.com, I think it is. .co.uk, you don't know. But just search me, Anthony Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I've written a little bit about that. I'd say now I am at a confident zero on a scale of one to ten. How did you feel at your height of dysphoria and how do you feel now? At my height of dysphoria, I was a eight. Yeah. It made me feel like I shouldn't close be... close to a 10. <laughs> eight, yeah, nine. Oh so God, let's say 8.5. It's creeping. It's because creeping. I, it made me feel like I shouldn't be in a creative industry. And I actually, if it wasn't... What made us stick to it, though? It, what made me speak um, stick to it is I spoke to somebody and I actually said that. I was like, you know, I, I don't feel like, you know, creative industries for me, that I need to focus on my photography. And he actually said I should speak to somebody else who's an art director. Mm. And, you know, he he took me through, like, art direction. He was like, no, like, you care about concepts. You um, develop meaning out of things. You know, it sounds very much like art direction. He told me what he does and everything like that. And I connected with that. And that's the only reason 
I, I continued on. Um, but it also showed me that, you know what, like, I'm just going to be unapologetically me. And that's when that, you know, the scale, it went down to kind of one. Yeah. Zero. One? Zero. One. To be radically zero, <laughs> zero. Beautiful. So when did it go down to zero? Um, it went down to zero when I... Um, like, what sort of time, I, like timing? Was it this year? Um, yes, definitely this year. Um, when I realised that, you know what, this is the way it is, and I need to not... Um, let the water get into the boat, if that makes sense. So it's like, that's the environment. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Almost lost by that analogy, but great one. Yeah, go Okay, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. that's the environment I'm in. Don't let the water sink the boat. Yeah. Stay afloat. Um, that rhymes. That's really cool. Well, I don't live. <laughs> um, so like, you know, just just be free. Like, be you unapologetically. This is this is how it is. Mm. Um, like, be, bring your best be your best, um, you know, and big yourself up. Like you're here for a reason, you deserve to be here. And that's yeah. when the numbers started creeping downwards. And I started- and look for to friends, let's say. Yeah, look for friends, like look for, for allies. Like, and that's when I started to actually come out of my shell because for a long while I was very quiet. And people are lovely. There are some amazing gems in the mentor. There are some amazing gems. Oh, I've had some amazing people mentors. Just, people that just like literally just stop and speak to you. People yeah. that have coffee with you. So I would mm. encourage that, encourage that, encourage that. And that's how you're going to bust through it. Um, get make, Making mistakes via emails and knowing that you sent some dumb email off. May I add something? Yeah, go on. I think that's why I really love that you reached out to me. Because I was like, Twins. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh wow, like um, you know, she appreciates my journey. Like, she looks like a cool person. Let's hey. meet up for coffee. And it's like, I feel like you know what you did is what I need to even do more often, which is just reaching out to people I think are cool and just. No, you're the first person I ever did it to. Well, you and started now something exactly. now because I want to like go and do it. Like, just reaching out to people I feel like you know I have, yeah. to have a good conversation with, mm. and like just sharing a journey mm. with somebody. Gorgeous. Yes. Right, I think that's practically all we can pack in for today. Yay. But do you want to drop your fantastic website portfolio <laughs> and stuff so people can see a little bit more of you? Liv is a fantastic photographer. Thank you. Damn good. Yep, yep. Do you want to? Um, well, my website's still a work in progress, but. No, no, no. But we don't hear here it, it is. <laughs> it's oliviaemma.com. Um, and we're selling Emma because people might do this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I get that a lot. Um, Emma is E one M A E M A. And my Instagram is underscore Olivia Emma. And so is my Twitter. And that's it. Beautiful. Yeah. Love this. All right. Bye. Bye.